Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. We're going to look at an interesting one today, Ed, Lone Wolf and Cub by First Publishing, the, the first English edition of this work. Uh, before we dive into this, we are both working cartoonists, so want to bring everybody up to date on Red Room Trigger Warnings. It's supposed to be out in stores this month. Unfortunately, due to printing issues and paper shortages, has been pushed back to February. But whenever the time comes, this is the cover you're going to want to look for. Red Room Trigger Warnings number one, everywhere in February. This is uh, some of the variant covers. The Red Room variant by Ed Piscor. The variant by Peach Momoko. Man, she's good. And my variant, the uh, play on the Robert Crumb Zap cover. You know, slouch either, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, these have been turning out pretty good. We should let people know that this is a, a, a like a rat. It's not a prolapse. Yes, yeah, this is a rat. This is a very uh, common torture technique. <laughs> right. If you read about, well, let's not go down <laughs> that road too far. A lot of people but, thought uh, it's a prolapse, that's all. Yeah, that, that is a rat for anybody that's, that's uh, unclear on that. And an ear and part of a foot. And the thing that nobody catches is six toes on that foot. <laughs> not by accident. But Red Room Trigger Warnings, number one, out in February. And one heads up to everybody. There was a ransomware problem at Diamond that affected orders. Chances are this is going to be the lowest print run of a Red Room comic. So whenever you see this comic in your local comic shop, pick that up because uh, this may be the hardest issue to track down. Especially as a number one. My next project has finally been announced. Hulk Grand Design. Super excited to uh, be able to talk about this, share this. Uh, these are my cover images for the two volumes, standalone volumes, that cover about 40 issue, about. 40 years of Incredible Hulk issues, around 500 issues, 10,000 pages, uh, distilled down into my version of Incredible Hulk in his history. I am so excited to get into this, and as time goes, we will be looking at Hulk comics. We'll be talking more and more about what's actually on these pages, but uh, this, is your, this is your announcement, so start telling your shops about it, tell your friends about it, and uh, I want to sell a bunch of these, so Please help me spread that word when you see previews and articles and things. Share those on your social media. I will appreciate that. And it is Hulk Grand Design. I was thinking, man, you know, one thing we haven't had on this channel very much is too much uh, Gary Frank conversation. So, uh... I don't know if that'll change or not. <laughs> Stay tuned, K-Favors, to find out. But uh, we're here to, to talk about Lone Wolf and Cub, Kazuo Koike and Goseki Kojima, easy for me to say, right? Um, introduction by Frank Miller, cover by Frank Miller, and some early English adaptations of manga coming to America. This is 1987 first publishing, so the very first wave, really, of manga being published here in English. And Frank Miller, uh, you know, he refers to this in the intro as like his favorite comic uh, at the time. So pretty exciting stuff. Companies were vying for the license for Lone Wolf and Cub because America was already acclimated. There was the Baby Cart series. Was it Shogun Assassin? Mm -hmm. uh, these flicks were in the grindhouses and shit and people knew it. It's a striking image, man. You got you got this like, dude that looks like that Toshiro Mifune dude with a little baby fucking dudes up. Little samurais and shit jumping out of sand dunes and shit. Like it was super vivid you just didn't see stuff like that and dude with this cover even specifically i myself like i wanted this so bad uh in second grade you uh if you're a catholic boy you have your holy communion and you have a whole party around that shit my aunt got me a um whole gang of uh first comics 
um, that I really was like mad at. Like, yo, you can't find a Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I need I need a Grimjack until I read them. And I'm like, this is where it's at. This is so rad. And there were ads for this. And I just wanted a million pages of this kind of stuff, man. And then and then the disappointment when I learned about about Ronin and with this in mind, and then you go to Ronin and it's not just this kind of thing. Huge bummer. But so smart to take the biggest guy in American comics. Uh probably can't happen without without uh Frank Miller in a lot of ways. But you get his cosign and you get covers. You're gonna sell some of these shits, man. It's a pretty good. Uh, they do a good job with that. We often talk about how how tough it was for any of these publishers that started doing manga because of just a million reasons. But pacing, size, frequency, everything was like, how do we how do we sell this in a comic book store in America? And uh, you know, Frank Miller is one of the ways you can do that. It certainly garners some attention, and it doesn't hurt that Miller is happy to talk about these comics. Absolutely, man. There's a whole issue of comic book interview that's like the Lone Wolf and Cub uh, issue, where Frank Miller, there's even correspondence across the pond, where he's asking those guys questions and stuff like that. Uh, Kazuo Kuike had a whole like comic book school, like that, you know, so he had a million students underneath him. Uh, I think that Goseki Kojima was a student of that Senpei Shirado dude who did Kamui. So th this is an excellent pedigree of, of illustrator. Now you're bringing a comic like this to, to America. All sorts of problems, dude, of like what hand is holding the samurai sword, how the blade... Because, you know, you're flipping right. it so they can be red western. So if you look at the American... If you look at, like, say, the Dark Horse reprint and you look at this thing... The panels, sometimes it'll be oriented so that you could read it in a certain way, but it won't be flipped. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, it would always depend on, like, the dialogue bubbles. So it might just be reoriented on the page, but it'll still be in the same... Uh, it, won't, it, it won't be in, an inverted image. But sometimes it is inverted. Very complicated to, to reprint this kind of comic specifically. Yeah, yeah, no, no obvious uh, format or, or method of how you do that. Yeah. Almost a page by page. For sure, uh, because decisions. Because, yeah, because sometimes you flip it, but then you gotta flip the fucking samurai sword, and the way that little uh, kimono or gi or whatever, uh, like that folds a certain way. So now you got to do some whiteout and like match Goseki Kojima's ink line and shit when you like reorient the the drapery good yeah. good fucking luck man yeah and you always will see that you know like uh production and touch up and things like that whenever you see like the the uh the people that are doing the translation and getting this thing ready for us um what a great line by miller here for the longest time i couldn't read the words in my favorite comic book <laughs> talking about his first encounter you know his friend laurie sutton handing him uh, a volume of this but it was it was untranslated you know because this is your first english version so uh, a little bit of background here Something to note, this is not, if you have the Dark Horse volumes, this is not volume one. Correct. There were nine, uh, th this is in volume one. It's the very last story in volume one, uh, chap chapter nine. So there are eight adventures that happen beforehand where you follow, you know, Ogami Ito and uh, Daigoro. And they're just doing different things, establishing that these are just like mysterious badasses. But then you get to chapter nine, and this is the iconic moment where he's got Daigoro. Daigoro, 
your mother's not with us. We chose in this path. Here's the ball. Here's the sword. Depending on your choice, man, uh, you know, we're going to make some adjustments. Like, things are going to happen. Uh, this is in the movies, you know? Like, this is an iconic moment. And, of course, the boy chooses the sword, and he's, oh, you bastard. You you idiot. You would have had a, a better time. You would have had a better time if you chose the ball and I killed you. Yeah, that would have been an easier life for you. You know what's weird? Because I, I did want to... It's such cool storytelling, though. You know, like, exactly what you described here, Ed, right? Between the sword and the ball. Make your choice. But the visuals are so clear. Yes. You know, the way it's set up, like, you wouldn't have to read the words to understand Flip what's it. happening Keep here. Keep going, you know? man. Because, like, the little dude's going to look at the uh you know what i think they cut a page out i think they cut a page out in this thing huh that's no 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 like i guess the bowl is right there i felt like it was more of a moment but that's just just in my mind's eye so check this out dude in the first couple uh chapters uh because i i read read ahead of time and and by the way substantial like there are 200 pages of lone wolf and cub comics before we get to page one of uh the, the first comics so he's walking with the baby cart and there's a sign and it says sword for hire or baby for hire and i'm like what the fuck is that like what is that shit and it's never really explored like it freaks me out to think about what that could be but there is like moments where like a female dressed up like a samurai she's like oh i see your baby is for hire and he's like i see that you're that you're really a woman and you have a breast full of milk go ahead like the baby the boy needs fed so it's like is that what the baby's for hire to like tap tap the the milk harness yeah i have no idea Crazy. <laughs> this is beyond yeah i i don't know it's a that's an interesting piece to keep in the you know to have in the story and then you're sitting here reading it decades later going what what is that baby for sale what <laughs> Um, I also want to mention to our, our viewers, like we, there's an artist edition of this work. Oh yeah. And so uh, we have shown that on the channel as well, something to, to give a look for because it's beautiful work and all of these different versions have kind of their own virtues, but they all look different. Yeah. You know, if, if it's, you know, this, this is your, like the original Tankobon sizes. You this, know? this is called a Bunto edition. So, so like the original size would be a digest size. Okay. And if a comic was like, exceedingly popular you get a bunko edition and that's like this super super like your small mass, thing uh the mass exactly. paperback yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. format but you can see how you know i mean look at the dramatic difference in size between like the printings of these things so kind of cool um to you know like again it's just an emphasis on readability yeah so interesting that these different formats do exist that's something that we've had fun looking at different comics over uh over different episodes of compare and contrast the uh, artist edition one more place where you can see that and, and sometimes there it'll be line work that's better uh, reproduced you know washes things like that that may get lost a couple of a uh, couple of editions in the translation is different uh a little i mean it's the same basic story but just syntax and stuff like that is different the lettering the hand lettering here i like I, it's a, very italic but i like it better than uh the fonts mm -hmm. of these tiny dark horse things and it does make sense why they start here. It's kind of an origin. It is. It, it, it's, it sets you up with everything. Like the other episodes are like exciting people about the mystery of this guy and his like little kid. And this one sets up the stakes. You know, it's the Yagyu clan, like the, the frictions uh, with, with, with that um, system. Uh, the, the Daigoro makes his choice. Like, all, uh, the whole setup is right here, so, you know, it's perfect. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, Lone Wolf and Cub was finished by the time that first started putting it, it out, and it's t 28 volumes 
of 250 page, 300 right. page books. You know, it's going to take you until I, I think if it's not in here, it's in some corresponding thing. They said that it, it could take us into the 2000s to put out on a monthly basis at this volume. Yeah, and must not have been the uh, perennial seller they would have needed, you know, right? First doesn't doesn't make it too it too, do, too far it, after it, this. It, yeah, it doesn't get far at all. It's for like 40 issues or something, 48 issues. I think Bill Sienkiewicz does a run on, on uh, cover art. Yeah, here's some of his covers. It's, it's really awesome. This is a, I feel like page after page, the storytelling is just phenomenal. Um, but you can see how somebody like a Frank Miller is going to look at that and it's just, it's so dramatic. Uh, from word on the street is that Goseki Kojima did all the work himself. And I was reading this after, you know, we did the um, Peter Chung shoot interview and he was talking about classicism in, in uh, you know, cl classic painting and stuff like that. And how, how there was never that representative piece to like Japanese artwork. Like if we had, you know, the, those kind of painters who were basically the photographers of an earlier era, like the Japanese had hokusai, and you feel that energetic, like calligraphy brush style of inking with with this. And if he did like all you know eight thousand pages all by himself on a weekly basis, he had to be working at breakneck speed. Right. And you see it on a lot of those pages, but that is not a condemnation by any stretch. No, not at all. I mean, the, the cartoon shorthand's incredible. You know, like I'm sure he renders that tree in four seconds like, yeah. like it would be a blur probably if you watched him draw the tree but it reads perfect that's the foliage on the tree i like some of these choices too like the full bleed where it just you know he's breaking the panel he's separate from these guys but it's not a full bleed you know it's sort of just a just an art like it fades out you could always tell who he is too compared to like all the other guys and it's like you can't tell these guys apart from one another but it's those big bold eyebrows that set him apart from everybody else yeah it's a really distinct face makes me wonder if he if he did model it after yeah somebody. it looks like mifuni dude yeah. it looks so much that would like make mifuni. sense right you're trying to make a hit it's a big dude you've got this giant giant international star like yeah why not man these are just beautiful too like some of the rendering for you know it's atmosphere. clouds and things right yeah atmosphere, good luck sunlight. You know, you know what the printing on this sucks, sucks ass real bad, man. Like, yeah. like there's so much uh, lost in in uh, the resolution there. And this is where you start to get into stuff that just uh, this is Ronin. You know, like this spread right here, that's Ronin. Yeah, the exact kind of storytelling structure with the stacked panels and I landscape mean, format. This might be a lift. I mean, this is so classic. Like, I mean, this is a lift from Kurosawa. There you go. Like, and then Stan Sakai has it. Uh, Miller has it like this is uh, uh, famous yeah and I love this kind of stuff right it's just your screen tone with with the circle cut out for the Sun but how good does that look you know it's a, it, right in the center to that Sun with like the perfect static panel after the battle and then uh, the the bookend the ball yes this is where you get into the washes and how difficult that is to try to get it to print and show up right And look at this, dude. Just these expressive, bold strokes, and you just create a rickety ship. Yeah. With a bunch of little brush, I love brush the, strokes uh, and lines. Speaking of brush, like you know the the underbrush, the few sticks and twigs and long grasses that are standing up. And you can see texture of the paper. This isn't this isn't Bristol board. It's like straight up watercolor paper for that part at least. Mm -hmm. Might be a paste up or something. 
might just be that the way this opener is. You know how yeah. like a lot of those manga chapters will be in color or ink washes or whatever. I don't know how long this kind of style goes, but this could just be your opener for the story. I love the kitchens and baby hairs, man. <laughs> All that stuff. Looks like he just had some business. Yes, you can see the transition from where we're doing tones into now we're in your stark line work. And tracking their journey. Always love snow in comics. So now we're going to get to see the cold weather and the blizzard through Kojima's uh, eyes. Or style. Sled with, you know, under the the baby carriage did you did you read all of lone wolf and cub mm -mm, i haven't there is this one badass part and he uses it i think three times where he creates like a uh um a multi-shot gun cannon thing with the baby cart so like imagine like a tic-tac-toe board except with many openings and that's where the musket balls would be and you would like kind of light a fuse or something and just boom it he would use it so sparingly sparingly and it would be in moments where there's 50 guys coming after yeah. you and then he would just whoosh, like like this little flintlock or something and shoot like 30 musket balls <laughs> at these dudes it was fucking this comic rules man i i do confess I, I read the whole series one time uh i have it all here i really would love to reread it all and stuff i need to sit down and read it all uh, in, in order like that. That's the other thing, like so much of this stuff I end up reading pieces of and out of order because that's how I would get like the, yeah, these sure. issues and you know, and I need to just sit down and start at the beginning and read through in order. The, it gets redundant and it becomes like, you know, he gets separated from Daigoro a bunch of times and then they get reunited a bunch of times and then there's such close conflict with Old Man Yagyu and then, and then that goes away yeah. until the ultimate final. I wonder, uh, you know, like we read this stuff after it's done and like I can just lay my hands on all the volume. I could read it in a, in a week or something, you know, all at once. And you think it's the same as when we read comic strip reprints and it's like it just wasn't. Of course, it's redundant. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's 20 years, 30 years. Like it wasn't designed to be read in that way, but very procedural. So here, by the way, like five years. Like, like a very small amount of time for all these 28 volumes. Oh, really? Super small amount of time. Jeez. Yeah. That's even more... These guys are crazy, dude. Like, like that's a lot mind of... Mind-bending. I don't think he missed a week. Unbelievable. But uh, this, this is him basically invading a... Uh, I don't even know what, what the groupings are. Like, how, how you would... It's a it's a clan, I guess, that he's going to go invade that has gotten out of control. Right. And uh, he's supposed to go kill their leader. And so it's very procedural in how he's doing this. And like the other people that are part of the clan that are setting him up for this and laying the plans, they're going to die. Like it's got to look like they were traitors and that he's working for the emperor. And <laughs> this is this is that classic thing that you see in like uh, Sopranos or whatever, like th with the truck driver who's just going to give up the goods to the mafia guy. Like, listen, I can't I can't go back without like a bruise or, or a black eye or something and then they're like oh you want a black eye and they fuck them up like these guys here are their options here's the rock in the hard place you either stay home and you have to commit seppuku and you see a lot of that where these guys and they go through the procedurally how that goes yes. like you stick the blade in you twist it you lift it and then his job was his to cut off your head yeah, after that yeah cut off your head and when make you it, make it just thing. ease your suffering a little bit i guess there at the end <laughs> and they just i mean for simple infractions for for you know having the wrong flag at your house or something like that you you got to go and you have to do it yourself if you want to be honorable and shit like that so these guys either get to do that or they break off and 
give this guy a go, like set him up, hook him up, give him all the intel. And then listen, we got to make it look right. Like you're not going to be able to, to go into the, they're giving town. him a rub to start this plan. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty complex in a way. Like, you know, this is a, a real plan that's happening and they need different people to, to, uh, do their role in certain steps to make this happen. And here, here it is like, make this look real. Uh, not, not hard for him to banish these guys cutting a hand off. So sick, dude. It's amazing. It's just amazing. There's so much motion and fluidity. When you think of coming from superhero comics, like seeing that kind of dynamic movement, really impressive. Flicking the blood off of his blade in a straight line on the snow. That's fucking badass, dude. Totally. And that's how you make an impression, right? Like all the guard, the Royal Guards have showed up there and it's like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm the military advisor. Oh, oh wait, your, your guy didn't tell, tell you? I, I'm so-and-so. I'm supposed... I've been, I've been sent from Edo by your lord. I'm the new military counselor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like, as as one would Unless expect, the Batman hat. <laughs> where there's a, uh, a a feature character, it's like the Cerebus or Mr. Magoo kind of guy. Like, nothing bad ever really happens, and you have to expect it. He just knows what to do in every situation. Yeah, cool customer. Now we have an avalanche, which is complicating everything, right? His son is now buried in this cave. A lot of pressure. Raising the stakes. Yeah, raising the stakes. Exactly that, man. Great offset panels. Yeah, all your layouts, like there's no boredom in the in the layouts. We're not getting that kind of, um, you know, it's not a grid. We're not building this on a grid. This is that thing where Scott, Scott McCloud is talking about the technology of their storytelling and how it's so different than than what we have He's in American right. comics. He's right, because like you, you look at these page after page and it does feel very different than like the grid stories that a lot of our comics are built on. We, like our system, we just have to have more ex exposition and it, it there's not, it's not possible to breathe like this. That's a beautiful example of like, there's a lot of different pen, pen and brush strokes visible in that scene from like the foliage down at the bottom to some of the rock structures and like the building structure. They're rebuilding this palace and I guess that's the violation or castle they call it. Um, that's your violation and ultimately why they want to stop them. It's neat to see like the different textures for, I guess, flashbacks, introductions and things. But it's, again, like a lot of different drawing techniques and line work on display just on that spread. You see this kind of stuff. It's incredible. And Miller, as a student of the form, probably knows that the speed of which these comics were made. And you see these, these textures, and you see him trying to do that stuff in Ronin. And he did a lot of work in Ronin in a very short amount of time. So I wonder if he gave himself those strictures of like, try to like do a couple of pages a day or something like this. You know, man, I never even thought of that. But if you figure like he's working a monthly schedule with Daredevil whenever manga really enters his life, I think, I think that's the timeline. You would be thinking about speed and stuff. You know, when, when you get handed a 250 page phone book of this stuff and you're like, well, what the hell is this? Is this like a year, a couple years work? And it's like, you know, a month and a half. Right, exactly you're going to take notice from a practical production standpoint. Like you're also making comics and yet you're making 20 pages in the time this guy makes 100, 150. And then we had Klaus on the show. Then they get an issue that is rejected by the comics code and we have far less time. You either do a reprint or you do another comic in two weeks and they did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they did a, they made a manga 
in, in in the same amount of time that and and they drew bigger because like these guys don't draw that big right so they I, did it he proved it i love this kind of scribble texture for the robe you see that in that uh 80s period of kamui comics yeah it's really uh it's really neat uh, you know thinking again of these deadlines and also like how do you make your black and whites look good that seems like too much to do like on a tight deadline like that like that's a very focused you know why i think if like if we were going to recreate this panel that would be that would be a, you could do it but it'd be challenging you know like you'd be trying to concentrate and make it look like that i think if you're the guy doing it it's sort of like it's just this absent-minded like, right washing dishes pretty, pretty quick. As, as brendan graham calls it yeah man. exactly just washing dishes it's great like this when you see the crowd and it's like these are you get a crosshatch one, you get circles that is not the same, uh, you know, doodle kind of circles or, or, or scribbles. Um, each of these is a different texture. Really enjoy that texture. Uh, Comic book uh, shorthand, baby. And then going from like interior shots to these exteriors, how much they can do in black and white. Yes. Blows my mind. Totally. You know, and I mean, this tree is just the crudest brushwork you're going to see. It looks like a piece of calligraphy. Yes. Like those same brushes. It's so close to like the blood splatter in the snow. Except yeah. it's just slightly arranged differently, so we, oh, yeah, it's a tree, clearly. Does he cause this avalanche? Yeah, he causes yeah, he's got an to, avalanche. He, he, to, That's to, his plan. Yeah, and he's got to bust out that, ca that cave exactly. to, to get his boy. Yeah, so happy ending here for this issue. <sighs> I love and, this uh, comic. Look at the line work for the next Miller cover. Miller discovered frickin' Jeff Darrow, you know? He discovered Mobius. That clean line. It's this is one of those great historical pieces. And, and, and also, it's Lynn Varley doing that color, so give give her a lot of room to, to apply that color. Yeah, get out of the way. This is uh this is '87 as your cover date, and it makes me think like he's already working on Electra Lives Again. Yeah. At that point, so he's probably already doing that. Of like, it's Lynn Varley show. Like, here's some open lines, some spaces for you to do your work, your magic. Starting starting with uh, issue three of Dark Knight. Yeah, like the the line starts opening up for her to do her thing and that's what all this shit is man that's what this is right here this is lynn varley color the cover to this fr first one is is her and then uh your biographies which valuable information early on you know because where else are you learning about anything manga or, or any mangaka yes he founded the gekiga school it's like the joe kubert and then some overview of lone wolf and cub and uh 28 volumes, each over 300 pages. I wonder yeah. if it has the, uh, the time frame on that. Did it I just says it's 64 pages a month. There's enough material to last us into the turn of the century. Right, yeah. I was more specifically thinking about the, the output of our guy, of the oh, original yeah. guys. I should say that somewhere in here. Miller's supposed to do the... Um, yeah, six million copies of it in print. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Miller was supposed to do t the first 12 issues of this, along with intros. And I don't know if he actually stuck out all 12 yeah, or not. Yeah, but, I mean, um, here's, here's issue 12. Once what? again, it's, it's Cause brilliant. Because that, that's what all these yes. are. These are the covers to to all the stuff, man. And, and he did the, the first 12. Then it goes to Matt Wagner, I think, uh, who does a bunch. And then uh, Sakevich. Yeah, very cool. Love it. So another one of those like key pieces of manga history here in America uh, one of those early books, early translations coming here. Such a no-brainer, too, man. Like, samurai stuff, like, in the 80s, man, I just ain't trying to watch Bonanza with my dad anymore, <laughs> dude. Like, but I'll fuck with this. Yeah. Saturday mornings, right? Kung Fu Theater. Those dudes, that, that sound effect. When those dudes are... I love that shit. 
Totally. Okay, favorites, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design. Join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to start to see how I put that book together and uh, expect a lot more Hulk Grand Design talk over the uh, the coming months and year. Red Room Trigger Warning coming out in February, man. Issue 1 is going to be out delayed. It was supposed to come out today as of this recording, but it's coming out six weeks later in February. Uh, get it put on your pull list. It is going to be a scarce number one, man, because we got cut off two weeks uh, before uh, our final order cut off because of ransomware attacks and stuff, but we had to put those orders in if we wanted to be six weeks instead of ten weeks uh, behind uh, from the printer. So you got to um, go to your shop, get it put on your pull list. It's going to be scarce. It's going to be reprinted pretty quickly. You can read these comics at my Patreon uh, at the link tree in the description below this video. Jimmy has a link tree as well. What else do we got? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Even those margin orders will be on our way. Read more manga.